today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. This textbook case of how we can be so blind to our true condition before a holy God. And this is what sin does. This is what pride does. It blinds us to the true condition as God sees us. You think you're holier than thou? You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Isaiah. Today, Pastor J.D. explains how Israel was so blinded by their sin that they thought they were holier than God. Are we that blind? It is possible to be that blind when we're wrapped up in our pride. We think we're right before God, but He sees us as we really are. Let's humble ourselves before the Most Holy God. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Isaiah chapter 65 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Father in heaven, thank you so, so, so much, Lord. Many of us have had busy days, stressful days, especially nowadays. And this Bible study represents for us just a respite, a relief, an opportunity for us to just put all of that aside and come together as a body of believers, open up our Bibles, open up our hearts, and with great anticipation, wait to receive from you as you speak into our lives in and through your word. Lord, we so look forward to this time that we have together. Lord, we're always so blessed and ministered to, and the chapter that we have before us tonight is no exception for sure. So Lord, we just want to quiet our hearts and focus our attention so that you've got us all to yourselves. <laughs> we don't want anything to distract us or cause our minds to wander as so often they're prone to do. So Lord, please help us focus and concentrate because we don't want to miss anything that you have for us tonight. We're hungry, Lord, and we're thirsty and we're needy. We're a needy people. And Lord, we know that only you can satiate that need that we have. So Lord, will you? We ask you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right. So the chapter before us tonight is one of those places in God's Word. There are many, but this is one of those places where we see how it is that the Lord will always answer prayer. Now, I realize that's a firm grasp of the obvious, and we're very quick to say, and it's very cliche, there's power in prayer, and God answers prayer. But we have a problem, and the problem is, as we're about to see, that oftentimes 
the Lord will deem it necessary to answer our prayers in ways that we're not thinking. You know what I mean? (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? Where you pray and you wait for God to answer, and God answers. That's not the problem. Here's the problem. We don't like the answer. Okay, now, now we can talk. Because God will always answer prayer. He'll either answer the prayer, yes, oh, we love it when God says yes. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes God will say, no. No? Yeah, no. Or how about this? Wait. Wait? Wait. Wait? Yeah, wait. I don't want to wait. No. That's the answer. Wait. The timing's not right. And this is what we're going to see in this chapter, and here's why. In chapter 65, we have God's answer to the prayer of chapters 63 and 64. In those two chapters, we've had in In all fairness, it's a beautiful, magnificent prayer, and really a plea in crying out to God, God, be merciful to us. It's a prayer, two chapters in length, a beautiful prayer. Now, and this is actually one of the lessons for us, now God's going to answer the prayer. Why do you say it like that? Because we pray and, oh, we love to say, yeah, I prayed about it. And? No, I prayed about it. Wait. And? What do you mean, and? Why are you saying that to me? Oh, we say, well, I prayed about it. Oh, that's it? What did God answer? See, I oh, I prayed about it, and this is the answer that God answered my prayer with. So now God is going to answer the prayer. This is God's response. It's been said that prayer is not so much a monologue, it's a dialogue. Because we pray and He answers. And this chapter before us tonight is His answer to that prayer. And spoiler alert, (laughs) It's not at all what they were thinking. And this is exactly why God will oftentimes deem it necessary to actually answer our prayers in a way that we're not thinking, at a time that we're not thinking, because His ways are always higher than our ways. And as we get towards the end of the chapter, what we're going to see is that God will oftentimes answer our prayer with the after before. Let me explain that. He'll answer our prayers, and He'll take us further beyond the prayer that we're praying. And we're going to see that at the conclusion of the chapter tonight. So let's jump in, verse 1. God's answer now. I was sought by those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am, here I am to a nation that was not called by my name. Okay. (laughs) 
Okay, we're off to a very interesting start. This is the answer to the prayer? Yeah. What is God saying here? What is the answer here? Well, this speaks certainly to the Jews exiled in Babylon who were seeking the Lord, but His answer is that He would be found by those not seeking Him, namely the Gentiles, not His people. And then He goes on in verse 2, and says, I have stretched out my hands all day long to a rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good, according to their own thoughts. Oh, that right there. I could preach a whole sermon on just that, and you know I could. I won't, but I could. Oh, how well does God know us? He knows us more than we know ourselves. We walk in our own ways, not His ways. And that way is always not a good way. As the Proverbs would say, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. I think it's interesting to note that Isaiah would record this prayer in response, the answer from the Lord, and refer to the ways of God and the thoughts of God, because it's on the heels of Isaiah, inspired by the Spirit, writing, His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Left to ourselves, and picture God a loving, merciful God, His arms stretched out to His people who are a rebellious people. Why are they rebellious? Because they're doing their own thing, walking in their own way, and it's not good. They're walking according to their own thoughts. You know, it's interesting because the Apostle Paul actually quotes these verses in his epistle to the Romans, and I really appreciate this because he says, Romans 10 verse 20, and Isaiah boldly says, oh that's (laughs) well said, he boldly says, and he quotes this, I was found by those who did not seek me, I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. But concerning Israel, he says, All day long I have held out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. I know you know nothing of this. (laughs) Stubborn, obstinate, disobedient, strong-willed, stiff-necked. I can go on with that list, but I'm sure you can fill in the blanks. So this is God's answer. I can tell you with a great degree of certainty, they did not want to hear this. But here's the thing, they need to hear this, and so do we. This is the answer now. I know you don't want to hear this, but you need to hear this, and you'll see why. Verse 3, it gets worse. (laughs) In fact, it gets very graphic. A people, verse 3, who provoke me to anger continually to my face, who sacrifice in gardens 
and burn incense on altars of brick who sit among the graves and spend the night in the tombs who eat swine's flesh. No, thank you. (laughs) And the broth of abominable things is in their vessels who say, now listen to this verse five, keep to yourself. Do not come near me, for I am holier than you. What? How many sayings, modern day sayings that come from the Bible, namely that of holier than thou? That's where it comes from. Well, who's saying that? Oh, these people that have provoked God to anger and are doing these abominable things. And they're saying to God, don't come near me, keep your distance from me, for I am holier than thou, than you. Oh wow. (laughs) Here's what God says about that. These are smoke in my nostrils a fire that burns all the day. Ah, Bear with me, I think we need to talk about this a little bit, because it speaks to this textbook case of how we can be so blind to our true condition before a holy God. And this is what sin does. This is what pride does. It blinds us to the true condition as God sees us. You think you're holier than thou? That's not what I see. What I see is these abominable things that you're doing. These abominable practices that you're doing. And it is an abomination to me. It is smoke in my nostrils, a fire that burns all the day long. And you think you're holy? One thought on this, I was just thinking about this, in fact talking about this earlier. When it comes to pride, pride is like that, and I, for lack of a better illustration, I'll just use this one. It's like a computer virus that is so sophisticated that it disables the antivirus so that it can wreak havoc and destroy the hard drive on your computer. That's what pride does. Pride disables the detection device in our hearts, in our minds, and blinds us to the reality of our own pride. This is why it is that someone who is so proud, so arrogant, so full of themselves, doesn't see it. And if you try to tell them, (laughs) don't bother. (laughs) You won't get very far because it's going to be like you're speaking a foreign language. What are you talking about? I'm holier than thou. No, you're not. You are blind. You are blind to your true condition, and you don't see it. I'm reminded of when Jesus is preaching and teaching, and 
He describes this guy who says to his brother, Brother, you have a speck in your eye. Let me help you remove. And it's just like that too, because all of the piety and the pride and the smugness and the self-righteousness. I see a speck of pride in your eye. Let me help you remove that speck of pride in your eye, because after all, I know what pride looks like. Oh really? How do you know what pride looks like? You've heard that expression, takes one to know one? And (laughs) such is the case, because uh, by the way, brother, that speck of pride in my, my life, in my eye, that you want to help me with? You know about that speck because you possess the beam that that speck came from in your eye. I don't imagine Jesus saying it so, you know, bluntly, but you get the point, right? First of all, it's very interesting that you're even able to recognize and see and notice that speck of pride in my life. You must know a thing or two about pride. How do you know? Oh, because I happen to have a telephone pole of pride, and so I know what pride looks like. Well, why don't you first deal with that telephone pole of pride in your life, then we can talk about the speck of pride in my life. What is it about us that our sin looks so horrific on someone else, but not us? Because see, we always, and this is what again, what sin does, it blinds us And in so doing, we always shed ourselves in the most favorable light. I love what the Apostle Paul says about himself. He says, I know that in me (laughs) there dwells no good thing. That is in my flesh. I like how one translation renders it. I am rotten through and through. Ah, there's a guy that that sees himself as he is in his true state before God. Now we can talk. Now you see that in you, that is in your flesh, there dwells no good thing. In you is pride. In you is this, and in you is that. You're a sinner. (laughs) That's what's in your flesh. And it's in your flesh, but it's smoke in the nostrils of a holy God. Verse 6, Behold, it is written before me, I will not keep silence, but will repay, even repay into their bosom. I don't want to hear that answer. (laughs) That's my answer. Your iniquities, verse 7, and the iniquities of your fathers together, says the Lord, who have burned incense on the mountains, and get this, blaspheme me on the hills. Therefore I will measure their former work into their bosom. Wow. Here again. We have the Lord's answer to their prayer, and it's not what they wanted to hear. However, as we'll see next, 
God is merciful for the sake of his servants. Verse 8, thus says the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster, and one says, do not destroy it, for a blessing is in it, so will I do for my servants' sake, that I may not destroy them all. Does that sound a little bit like what God did concerning Lot in Sodom, when Abraham pleaded with the Lord on behalf of Lot, saying, would you destroy the entire city if there were, and he starts off at 50, and there wasn't 50, and there wasn't 20, there wasn't 10, and get this, there wasn't even five. And God because he's a merciful God, which is what Isaiah is saying here in his answer to their prayer, I will not destroy them all on the account of the righteous, my servants, for their sake. They are in there, I will not destroy them. I will not destroy the righteous with the wicked. By the way, you know where I'm going with this, don't you? When it comes to the pre-tribulation rapture. God will take His righteous servants, righteous in Christ, out before the fire and brimstone of His judgment comes down. He will not judge the righteous with the wicked. He cannot. That's not who He is. And this is another place in God's Word where we have that demonstrated. So he says, so I will do for my servant's sake, that I may not destroy them all. I, verse 9, will bring forth descendants from Jacob, and from Judah an heir of my mountains. My elect shall inherit it, and my servants shall dwell there. Sharon, verse 10, shall be a fold of flocks, and the valley of Accor, a place for hers to lie down, for my people who have sought me. But, uh, verse 11, you are those who forsake the Lord, who forgot my holy mountain, who prepare a table for Gad, and who furnish a drink offering for many. Who's Gad? Who's many? Oh, they were the gods of fame and fortune. These false gods that they were worshiping. This was an abomination to God. And He's calling them out. And He says, verse 12, Therefore I will number you for the sword, and you shall all bow down to the slaughter. Because when I called... You did not answer. Now this is really important, because if you miss this, you'll misunderstand and misinterpret the justice of God and the mercy of God, because they go together. So he says, I did call to you. I did reach out to you. I did give to you opportunity to repent and come to me. And when I did, what was your response? No answer. Crickets. 
Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. We hope you continue to be encouraged as you learn some good things from the book of Isaiah. Did you realize that there are 39 chapters in Isaiah that address judgment and 27 chapters that point to God's salvation? How fascinating that this book relates to 39 books of the Old Testament, much about judgment of sin, and 27 books of the New Testament, pointing to Jesus as God's salvation for the world. Isaiah is yet another example of how God interweaves the old with the new, and how prophecies from old point to fulfillment of that later. Are you seeing the connections that God has written into these pages of Isaiah? If you're wanting to hear this message again or more like it, you can find them at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can learn more about the church this ministry is supported by, Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. If you're not already plugged into a local church, we invite you to be part of our church family. If you're in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love for you to come visit us on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. We're so glad you tuned in today to learn from the book of Isaiah. We look forward to the next edition with Pastor J.D. and the things that God has put on his heart to share from this prophetic book. Thanks again for listening today to In Spirit and Truth. Holy.